0: When you don't talk about the Christian faith in public, actually it's not that nothing gets talked about. You get other people manipulating media, manipulating education to to put in other other philosophies. When you look at the societies which are are liberal democracies, you always see the Christian value system in the background. If you lose your faith in God, you cannot actually have um, liberty at the end of the day.
1: and welcome to Clayton Today. I'm Rod Earnshaw and in this series we've been discussing current threats to liberal democracy. Last time we discussed how ignoring our Christian history has opened the door for a creeping totalitarianism. Today we want to further analyse that in asking how and why we've allowed this to happen. To discuss it with me is David Holloway, the vicar of Jesmond Parish Church in the UK. Great to have you with us again, David. Thank you, Ron. David, uh, creeping totalitarianism sounds a bit scary. Can you just uh, tell us what you mean by that? Um, it starts really with the loss
0: of a Christian worldview and a loss of uh, belief in the God of the Bible, uh, which then means that the state becomes ultimate and there's no kind of reference point. It's not answerable to anybody apart from itself. And, uh, you know, Jesus taught in the Bible that uh, there must be God and Caesar. We have duties to God and to Caesar. And if you uh, lose God, all you've got left with is Caesar, who becomes uh, a power in its own right, the state. And uh, we've seen it with Hitler and Stalin, a kind of totalitarian. Equally, of course, if you lose Caesar and just have God, Um, because of, as Christians would argue, the fullness of the world, you can get a kind of religious totalitarianism, which sadly we've got in countries like Iran, and I mean in history some of the
1: Christian countries have have acted in that way. So it does... Uh, I can see perhaps how you can apply it to some of those extreme examples that you've given us. How do you think mm. it's the case in Western liberal democracies?
0: Totalitarianism is when the individual conscience is not allowed. And, and what is happening in Britain, I'm afraid, at the moment, uh, is that uh, many Christians and, and other people are not allowing, being allowed to exercise their conscience in their professions. For example, um, adoption societies, Christian adoption societies, are not allowed to uh, place children only uh, with heterosexual married Couples, which they think is morally right, but also scientifically right, that children do best. That's in the best interests of children, and they're not being allowed to do that, and they have been stopped. and And the Christian adoption societies had to go out of business.
1: Okay, so perhaps uh, perhaps it is right to say a creeping it's totalitarianism. Creeping, yeah. We're not perhaps right there at the extremes yet. So um, uh, can you just explain again the link <coughs> between uh, the loss of a uh, Christian heritage and how this totalitarianism is allowed to slowly creep in?
0: Well, I think part of it, sadly, has been. Uh, the fault of Christian people themselves, because Christians have been, as it were, just involved uh, involved in what they were called spiritual affairs uh, and not uh, affairs of the, of this world. Um, they've allowed things to happen which they shouldn't have done.
1: Yeah, it would it be fair to say that there are some perhaps good Christian reasons for Christians to do that? I mean, I'm thinking of so Paul says, make it your ambition to live a quiet life yeah, and yeah. work with your hands and so on. It seems like perhaps that focus on spiritual mm. affairs and keeping out of politics you could perhaps argue that he's a quite a christian well you can you can explain why it's
0: happened particularly in the 20th century People in the first part of the 20th were very worried with what they call the social gospel, where they identified with the, the Christian faith and the Christian message, preaching that, uh, you know, the, the, the more we get an egalitarian society, the more the kingdom of God has come, the more that's what it's all about. And so and
1: church is replaced by soup kitchens.
0: Yeah, and yeah, and, 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 and they, they'd lost the, 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 the reality of God and the, the basics the truths of the Christian faith, the eternal dimension, mm-hmm. uh, the whole spiritual realm. And many Christians, they were worried by that and thought that if we go down uh, a Kind of ultra political, uh, ultra kind of social um, activity uh, uh, agenda. We will end up with that sort of
1: uh, of, of problem. And so you think it's a, a reaction against this social yes, gospel? Yes, perhaps yes, to yes. gone too far to say exclusion well, of all. Well, indeed, forth, and I think uh, I think also, there's also that, but also I think there's a wrong theology.
0: The Pauline message is quite clear that uh, it is by grace we've been saved through faith, uh, and uh, that is not of ourselves, it's the gift of God, and uh, not of works, so that no man may boast. But people stop there. That, that, that's Ephesians chapter 2. And the next verse goes on, Ephesians 2 verse 10, for we are created to do good works which God Prepared in advance mm. uh, for us to do. You're not saved by uh, by works, but you are saved for works, mm. an activity, an engagement. And Jesus prayed that you not know, that we be taken out of the world, but that we may be in the world and kept from sin. And mm. and I think a lot of Christians have just retreated into what we call a, a narrow Pietism, mm. and mm. allowed these
1: things to happen. I guess uh, just just trying to extrapolate a little on some of the things that you've just said there. I guess. Um, you could you could make an argument uh, similar to the, the soup kitchen sort of thing that perhaps christians should be investing their time in, in things that will have eternal uh, effects like preaching the gospel not so much in thinking about politics and these things which are very temporal and oh, of this uh, world is that it? what uh, you're oh saying yes actually but um, but what is the gospel you
0: know it's the whole gospel we've got to be preaching which is that, uh, you know, one day we are going to give our uh, account of ourselves uh, before God. There is a judgment. And uh, in one sense, what we're to be doing now is stewarding this life for God and for his kingdom, which is everything. I mean, God has created the whole world and he wants the whole world look, looked looked after, um, which means that people uh, are, are, in, are actually bodies and souls, not just souls, not just bodies. It's neither one nor the other. But I mean, you know, there's so much in the Bible about how we're to live now, we're to pray that God's will is is done on earth as it is done in heaven. And one of the great, the parables of Jesus, I mean, the sheep and the goats, you know, that the Christians have got to be concerned for these the care, the the hungry, the sick, those in prison and so forth. And the great um, judgment was on people uh, who um, were apparently, uh, you know, wanting to be believers or wanting to be religious at any rate but failed to actually act like that and and paul says who the great one who teaches justification by faith that um we're not to grow weary of well doing and we're to do good to all men Mm. and especially those who belong to the house the family of believers and that's in galatians chapter six Mm. so there's all that that Mm. christians need to be engaged but of course they must be preaching the gospel because unless you get this christian canopy as we put it this christian worldview which is the truth about the creation about the fall about the redemption. Christ and Christ is coming again unless you get that framework you will not have the liberal democracy that we're also okay.
1: concerned to preserve okay well that's um, thanks David that's quite helpful that, that's really addressing one side of it that's mm. sort of the Christian response or how we're getting to to where we're getting today what about uh, the broader picture what what else has been going on that's contributing to this creeping topic? well uh the, the jargon for it is political correctness um, and uh, that is
0: where um, basically uh, there's a special concern for, or people are classified as victims. I mean, this is, this is very sinister, really.
1: Well, I, 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 that's interesting you say that, because it, just the, the term political correctness, I was yeah. really going to say it doesn't sound very sinister at all. and no, no. People are quite comfortable with political correctness, and well, this idea of looking the after the weak and, yeah, yeah, and yeah, the vulnerable... sure, sure. You well, well you, you, you actually classify idea. certain people as victims, which is
0: fine. You then say, uh, normally, that victims mustn't be uh, attacked physically, Uh, they must be protected physically from physical attacks. But this then goes on to say that no one who's classified as a victim, whatever sort, may be, uh, has also got to be protected from every form of criticism uh, and evaluation. That's going well beyond protected from attack. Well, well, it's not only that, because they, they, they say that that must be the case, but then that they also political allows absolutely no, no dissent no no variation or or no disagreement with that particular position and um uh, to do so is the ultimate sin and uh, that actual view is the the great uh, spiritual truth as they would argue and, so just
1: i'm just trying to nail down the argument then the the, the, the issue that you have with political correctness is that it denies us the possibility of ever criticizing anything within that category of indeed, people who are victims and, and a lot of time that means that we can't speak the truth indeed and, and, and i errors mean that have been what
0: uh, yeah and what has happened there is now Uh, a regime established in law that people are not allowed to say things. And for the first time since, um, you know, the 17th century, the act of toleration, people are worried about what they're saying in case if they say something about someone who's classed as a victim, they're then accused of being bigoted or racist or sexist or homophobic or you name any kind of uh, of, uh, uh, pejorative term that is invented really to reinforce political correctness. It's totally unfair when people are not sexist, not racist, not homophobic and so forth. So any
1: any sort of form of criticism is immediately labelled immediately labelled one of those as things. something uh, and then it and never then needs to be discussed. Absolutely, and, it it, and if it's you off s- limits, you can't discuss. Uh, absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, this uh, idea of enshrining those things in law, punishments, and so on, is that would that, you know, is that a really a classic example of what you're talking about? This totalitarianism. Yeah, uh, this is this <laughs> yeah. is what's going on, and it's it's partly
0: related to what I call a retreat from reason, uh, a new irrationality. Because in one sense, it is just daft. You know, I mean, when someone is got into trouble or they're doing things that are dangerous to themselves, to the community, uh, and objectively mm-hmm. so, I mean, clearly we mustn't have interference because freedom of conscience is very important. But when, when people are doing things that, that are so universally understood as being foolish and not being able to say mm-hmm. so, something very, very wrong is going on. And mm-hmm. it, and there is the, there is actually a new irrational, irrationality coming on. And... and uh, You know, uh, with regard to uh, the the adoption issue, Um, I mean, it is known scientifically that children do best in heterosexually married uh, families. That is scientific. And they do less well, uh, children brought up in in other family arrangements and least well, uh, such as the evidence we've got in in, in homosexual. On average, we're talking about on average. And this is scientific, but there's a, you know, science no longer is important for many people. Mm-hmm. And this is actually a uh, worry. What's happened has been there's a switch from what we call modernism to postmodernism. And um, uh, And unfortunately, Christians sort of, in one sense, think the postmodern thing is quite good because uh, they too have been worried about the claims, the absolute claims for some science mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the way people have. People like Richard Dawkins and other well known names have been mm-hmm. arguing for science against religion. And Christians see the value in science, but not the absolute value. Yeah. And they think the postmodern thing is a great critique of that. Mm. But that's
1: very dangerous. Mm. Because it's eliminating the possibility of discussing the, the rights and the wrongs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm afraid we're, we're almost out of time. Okay. Uh, there's obviously lots more that could be said. Is there any place you could direct people to where they might be able to get more information about this? Uh, a nation that forgot God. Uh, right. That's a new book that's come out with, with some, right. some things of, of value in that. Thanks, David. That's very helpful. Okay. And thank you. And thank you for watching. Next time, we'll continue our discussion looking at the thorny issue of whether it's justifiable to judge other cultures. We're out of time, but do join us again for more discussion on Clayton Today. Goodbye.